Hey, mamas. Hey, mamas. Welcome back to another episode. I'm Jess. I'm Erica. And today we have an absolutely amazing woman here to talk to us about her journey with PND and anxiety. Mama's Code. Thank you for being here, Emma. Um, How are you? How are you today? Yeah, I'm really good. This is my second podcast today, so I'm having loads of fun. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. It's like repetition after repetition. Yeah, it's so much fun though. I really enjoy coming on and like meeting new people, talking to them. So for everyone listening, um, we have the lovely Emma today. You can find her on Instagram as the underscore mom underscore coach, I believe. And she has been in contact with Erica and, you know, you guys were discussing your journey with postnatal depression and anxiety, which I believe was four years ago when you had your little it was your little girl right yeah so she's like nearly five now going on 17 (laughs) (laughs) um yeah she keeps me on my toes that's for sure um but I was that you know that woman that always wanted to be a mum and then when I had Lacey it just wasn't what I expected it to be and it wasn't what I I had imagined and the expectations that I'd set around motherhood was just something else um and yeah I suffered terribly with postnatal anxiety I didn't go out the house um it was a really bad time and it it went on for like nearly two and a half years was it from the moment like she came out did because I normally I feel like we have this misconception that social media and you know other people that we kind of know that you automatically have to love your baby and I feel like we sell it on to other women And when you don't feel like you love your baby in that instance, because your body's going through so much, like the adrenaline going through your body at that precise moment doesn't give you enough time for it to like hit you and be like, wow, I'm a whole mum. So did you feel different from the moment that she came out of you? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think it probably started beforehand. Um, you know, while during my pregnancy, I went from a size 12 to a size 24. I had preeclampsia, borderline preeclampsia. I um, had borderline toxemia. I um, couldn't move. I couldn't work. I was a store manager for a, a corporate retail firm and I had to get laid off my job. So I had carpal tunnel in my hands. Literally everything that I loved doing got stripped away from me very quite early on. Um, and I, I went off sick basically at around 32 weeks um, and I didn't go back to work then. Um, I couldn't get up. I was rolling off the bed in a lounge, a blow up bed onto the, you know, crawling to try and pull myself up. And a little bit of me got lost then. And then when she came along, I was just like, I don't feel anything. You know, I'd gone through four days of being in hospital pulled from pillar to post, um, pulled around. I was induced because I was so heavily pregnant. Um, The induction didn't work. I then was in labor for 16 hours and got took down for an emergency C-section because basically she wasn't coming out. And it turns out she was upside down and inside out and she was never gonna come out naturally. Um, And they laid her on me and I was like, you can take her now. Yeah. Yeah, I love her. Like she's my baby, but I don't. I need to just be on my own, and that's how I felt at the time. And it was, it was devastating. 
because it was all I ever wanted. Did you plan the, your pregnancy? Yeah, so, it was all okay. planned. We yeah, we we made the conscious decision to have a baby. You know, we've been together just over. I'm not actually with father anymore due to some other stuff that I can't discuss but um we're not together anymore and I'm a single mum now um, and that happened last year during lock the first lockdown of Covid so yeah it's gone you know like a full circle really I started with postnatal and this anxiety got myself out of it and just as I was getting myself out of it we had severe trauma sort of happen and I became a single mum and then it was step up or ship out you know and I'd already started to make changes in my life with my mindset and spiritual connections and the stuff that I enjoyed sort of practicing because it was helping me want to go out the house. Um, But I took it to a whole other level last year. I ask it because a lot of people tend to think there's a right time to have a baby and there is a right time in sense of how financially stable you are and how settled you are in your relationship But I feel like even if that's all ticked off, no one ever knows the strain that it is to have a child. And even 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 if you have the most perfect pregnancy at the end, when you have that child, it's just it's like a switch. You don't know what you're going to get. And I feel like people have that misconception of, oh, everything is perfect in my life. It's it's a great time to have a baby and then everything just goes south. So, you know, for the for a lot of the people that we've spoken to, it's all been like a um, a surprise baby and everyone's kind of like, okay, let's kind of get up and let's go and take what we can. So it's interesting to know that, you know, you did plan, you did, you, you had yeah. your life around this, you really wanted a child and then obviously this happens. And that's not to say that everyone that has a child, I'm pretty sure the majority of people suffer from anxiety from the, from the moment they're, they're born because your heart is basically walking outside of your body and you have no control. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I think as well, though, is that we're so portrayed that there's this picture that we have to be this perfect mum, you know, and social media doesn't help with that by any means, shape or form. Um, And you see the perfect and you watch it on telly as to how you think you should be behaving as a mum, what you should, should or shouldn't be doing. And, you know, that that's replicated then through generations of families, too. It's not just what we're watching and we're seeing in social media, but to to be someone that had only ever like all I wanted was to be a mum from a very young age. You know, I'm I'll be 40 next year. And from, you know, I always wanted to have my kids around 24. So I was a nice young mum, you know, never happened for me. But then when it did that was the thing that I wanted the most and I was just like what is this this is not and nobody can mentally prepare you for that nobody can mentally prepare you for that you only you can mentally prepare for that and I think it's really important that when you're going through that I mean for me gratitude practicing you know um, mindset techniques is are really really important in the run-up through pregnancy as well because nobody gets taught that stuff nobody's nobody told me that I had the choice to be able to control my thoughts and emotions and the way that I think and that everything I think is a part of my built-in system no one explained to me they was just like oh you've got baby blues you'll be all right you'll get over it here's some tablets (laughs) and it was it just they made me numb 
So I then didn't feel anything or want to do anything. So it was a, yeah, it was a real shock to the system, massive shock to the system. It's crazy how much we undermine our brain. And, I'm, and I mean, like, in like, not a like, we don't pay attention to our brain, but it's just weird how much that thing up there can control your whole way of thinking. And normally, you know, we take vitamins for this and, you know, we're like, oh, we need to like try to lose weight. But no one really talks about the well-being of your brain because ultimately that's what, in a second, it can literally happen in a second. You could be, because we've had people come on the podcast and say, like yourself, I was so excited to have my baby. And then something clicked at whatever moment and everything changed absolutely everything changed and it takes that little thing in your brain for it to just go sideways and it's so scary that you sometimes can't control it so we had a lady who had um psychosis and when we heard her story it was just mind-blowing because I had never heard of it and it's it's only when like people bring this and like makes other people aware of what can happen you might sometimes you you undermine what you've gone through because you think wow like I didn't have it as bad but at the same time you need to live your truth and express yourself for what you went through um and I loved like when I when you when we spoke first I loved how positive you are now and although you've gone through like you know trouble last year and stuff you still managed to you know put women in their right mindset and that's what we need we need more positiveness in the world to make sure women feel empowered of themselves because like you say like yourself just lost herself I lost myself throughout the process because you feel alienated you feel like you're not you don't belong in that body anymore it's not yours it's completely someone else's and then obviously we we add on you know sleep deprived and all the other things which just adds on to the stress and everything that you're feeling and we need to know that you know it is all in us to talk good to ourselves we can change the concept of what's happening but most of us don't know that because we just assume and we let that kind of override and it just takes over us it's like it's almost controlling all our thoughts and it's like the I remember um, the person we spoke to Eve she did say she was like um because she would think like awful things and she and her therapist would tell her well how funny is it that you're thinking of the worst case scenario but it's your brain telling you of the things that you fear the most that they know you won't do but it's putting you in that situation. So then you, your other side of your brain is going to be like, oh my gosh, why are you thinking that? You're absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's crazy. And I wish that someone had said to me or could have told me, you know, you go to these midwife meetings and I just wish that someone could have said to me, there's other ways that you can do, you can deal with all of this, you know, because our brains are designed to keep us safe. That's what they're designed for. They're not designed for anything else other than that. So keeping us safe means reminding us of the things that need to keep coming up to keep us in a safe place for us not to step outside those comfort zones. So that means like when you become a mum and you get these sorts of like your baby being suffocated or, you know, somebody harming your baby and all the things that go in your, and what if I harm my baby? What if I roll over and suffocate her while I'm cuddling her? What if I do all of these bad things? Okay, your brain's kicking all that up like a filing cabinet because it wants you to go, 
oh my gosh yes that's uh, so I'm just not going to do any of that other stuff and I'll stay stuck here where I feel comfortable and I just wish that someone had said to me like you can your uh, our brains fire off with neurological pathways and then patterns that have we've been shown so they're always going to fire off and do the same things to keep us safe so I wish someone had just said to me there's a way that you can actually control your thoughts because like you've just said with the whole it happens and it just comes it is coming and it just comes because we aren't aware and we're not taking notice of what our minds are telling us we just assume that what is going on up here in our brains is the truth and more times often than not and it's it's not the truth at all so when we actually then start to become consciously aware of what we're thinking and why we're thinking it and where the thoughts have come from there is a process then behind that to be able to go right well that's not really true that's not true and I don't want to hold on to that and where can I go whereas when I got postnatal I held on to that initial I hate this this isn't what I wanted it to be I hate it this is not not how I I saw myself as a mum I held on to all those thoughts of what my brain did was kicked up more and more evidence to prove to me that I was a rubbish mum and that I wasn't going to be able to cope that I wasn't going to be a good mum that I I wouldn't be the mum that you know is like the shining star in the playground and all those things so they're so clever our brains are so clever but at the same time they're so stupid too because once you can learn to switch that about and control it and you hear the thoughts come in and you can actually be like no that's not the case this is what I'm going to choose to believe because that actually is that's my mum speaking or that's someone from my past boyfriend or trauma that I've had from when I was a child speaking that is not the truth right now and I choose to believe x y and z that's a lot of work in between that end result but it can happen and it most definitely has happened for me and it was holding and it started with just getting grateful for what I had and that started to switch my momentum up around rather than holding on to all the bad and everything that was going wrong. I started to switch what was good, whether it felt good or not, but what was good. And then I gradually built on that to then start to under, really understand my brain and how it worked. But basically like the internet browser when you open and you have like a million tabs and then yeah. there's tabs flying in saying there's a virus in your computer and you're just trying to shut it down and you can't and it's just like yourself bringing all those um, intrusive thoughts and you just don't know and because the thing is you know it sounds it's easier said than done when you're not in that situation when you're having these thoughts and you just don't see a way out and you just hold yourself to why am I doing such a shit job um I would like to know how would you describe your first year as a mom how was how was everything you know I I know obviously at all snippets I remember small snippets and they're very big details of when something major happened so I rewarded myself every evening with a bottle of wine um, to get me through the day Um, and I got to the point where I was like I actually went on my honeymoon and I sat on the sun lounger looking at my daughter and um, playing in the pool with my partner at the time and I thought to myself if I don't get myself sorted I'm not going to be here to see her next birthday and she was 18 months old 
Um, and it scared me that I wouldn't see her next birthday. And I and I would say that most of her first years were a complete and utter blur. Um, I was trying to I had a business that I'd already set up as well because I knew that I couldn't go back to the corporate career because I was the person that I was. And I gave everything my all, whatever I did, I knew I couldn't go back and do that job because it wouldn't, it just wouldn't work with what my life was now. Um, so I got totally lost as well, like with my identity, who I was as a person. Um, yeah, and that, that first year, I mean, I remember having her birthday party, her first birthday party, and I'm, I put on this massive spread of, you know, for everybody to come round, and it was just all an act. And I remember going to the bathroom and being in tears, absolute tears. And then I'd come, I'd put my mask back on, and like I'd go back out, and I'd be the showwoman, and I'd be like, "Oh, everything was okay, and we were good, and this is all fine." Um, and I'll never forget like the day that I brought her home. So. I brought her home and I had decided that it'd be a really good idea to throw my other half a birthday party because their birthdays were so close together so that everybody could meet Lacey. Um, I, I was on medication. I was medicated up to the eyeballs on my full dose of everything. I didn't even realise I shouldn't be taking a full dose because they hadn't explained it to me. So I was pretty much off my face on medical drugs. Um that had come from from the hospital and I remember going into the into the bathroom and with all these people around my house and I just I called it my mum mask and it was that day that it went on and it was that this front that just went on over my face and it was that everything was okay I was all right and I just was the hostess with the mostess and then from then on I masked it in that way no nobody really knew apart from my partner at the time mama i love you so did you get diagnosed with postnatal depression i didn't go to the i didn't go to the doctors until around eight months why didn't you go i didn't want my daughter taken away from me and i thought if i went and told them and told them exactly how i really truly felt inside that they would take her away from me and that scared the life out of me i thought exactly the same and i did i didn't get diagnosed with like PND because of that and I always had these like intrusive thoughts and I just always thought I even till now I tell Jess like sometimes I have like a mental breakdown and I'm like Jess if if people knew what goes on in my brain I I promise you I would literally be in a psychiatric unit somewhere like knocking on a door and speaking to people by myself because it's literally that the thought I think and that's what stops a lot of people from going to get the help they need because automatically you assume that, okay, this is, this, they're going to take my daughter. And I remember the first time I actually got help, I said, if I, the first thing I said to my therapist was, because I sat in my therapist's room, I think two sessions and I didn't say anything. And they were like, we're just going to keep going. You're still going to have to come back. And the moment I decided to speak, I was like, but I'm going to speak. But if you promise me that no one's going to walk in in that door and take my child away. And then he was like, no one's going to come in, I promise you. And then that's when I literally let everything out. And it was such a relief because at that point I thought, oh my gosh, like, why didn't I do this before? But it's that. And I'm so glad you mentioned it because I've heard it from so many people that it's take, it always takes mums so long because the first thing you think is if they know what I'm thinking, I'm going to be childless. Yeah, 100%. And I think that, and that's my 
grander mission you know okay I help mums with anxiety and depression and I help them build businesses that's what I do as a business but my end mission is that every single mum that goes into hospital like you don't need a pack from these places where they give you loads of vouchers for loads of clothes that you're never going to spend money on and as a bounty pack they need mindset tools that they can work on that they can be using and implementing into their life from the day that they fall pregnant to prepare themselves somewhat you can't prepare for everything but to prepare themselves for somewhat that they can actually go no actually I feel okay and I know that this is an intrusive thought I can understand this I know what it's like and and they've got mums around them and a community of women that you know really get it and understand it and and my bigger mission is that moving forward I do something whereby I'm in with the NHS and I'm making sure that mums aren't scared to speak up they're not afraid because all these midwives you know you go to your, your meetings of your midwives and stuff like that and some of them are beautiful and lovely ladies but some of them are really hard-faced and really unapproachable and really like they don't crap so you are scared you're scared because if you was to speak out and then that you get that one woman that just wants to do everything by the book then social services are called that is what ha- is happening you know and does happen so it is a shame that mums can't speak out. And, and that is my wider mission is the end goal is that eventually there will be mindset techniques out there and tools and equipment and workbooks and things that mums can do in that journey because it's so, so important. Mama, I love you. So obviously your first year was not as what you expected you know us mums and our false expectations about how everything is going to be so rainbows and unicorns um (laughs) what made you you know you've come out of it you've helped your minds get to where it should be in order to be you know the most amazing mom to your little one what made you go into the business that you have now which is you know mom coach helping everyone to change that mindset and start their own business as well Um, Well, I actually had set up um, an events company. So when I was pregnant with Lacey, I made the decision. I'd had an events background and I made the decision that corporate job that I was in and the retail job that I was in wasn't ever going to work. So I'd already set up a business doing wedding planning and events coordination. And then that was doing really well. It's in like its third year. By the time Lacey turned, well, she was just turning three as covid then hit and my business went to the wall basically and I had already started to train and had said to my other half that I don't want to work events every single weekend that you know I love what we do but I can't do that every single weekend so I started to think about what I really wanted to do and I just wanted to help people I really wanted to make people aware I wanted to people to know that there are people out there that are willing to talk about it and we'll have those open conversations and make it the norm because yeah okay you've got celebrities doing it but it's it's not real people like real people that are building communities and making sure that mums feel safe and like in an environment where they can just openly speak I I had this really rubbish thought and this is what it was and nobody's going to judge me um and that's where it started. So I obviously did all my mindset coaching training online um, during all of lockdown. 
And then I had another trauma hit me, uh, which was to do with me, my daughter and my other half, um, which made me then a single mum. And I've basically got through this last year and I've held on to everything that I practice for myself because I had to. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here um, because it was that bad. And then I sat there one day and I was like, I can't keep all this to myself. It's not fair. It's not fair for me to sit here and be like, oh, well, I'm okay now. You know, I've held on to, I do my mindset techniques and I work on myself and I get rid of my limiting beliefs and I've done all the work that I need to do and now I'm fixed. How can I sit here and hold on to all of that? It's not fair when there's a world of mums that need me. Um, and And that's how it then came about and it's gradually progressed over the course of the year. Um, so yeah. Absolutely. You can't preach what you don't practice and it's it'll be like very silly of you to, you know, go on like these webinars or whatever it is that, you know, these these programs that you do for mum to make them feel better, but then you go shut your computer off and you're crying in a corner like how is that helping in any way and how will you be able to give your full self to helping other women if you haven't already worked on yourself um I wanted to add that I love what you're doing and why I resonated so much with you is because at the moment and I know we've the three of us have it have felt it within the NHS and even like privately if you go privately when you go to your midwife, mid, midwife appointments and everything along the pregnancy is everything is related to the baby. You have baby checklists, you have baby this, endless amounts of baby stuff. Even to the point where after you have your baby, I got asked once by the health, health visitor, do you feel okay? And I said, yeah. She was like, okay. And then I got signed off. But no one really pays attention. You don't have someone dedicated to really look into, like, are you sure you're okay? All I got given was just, like, a few leaflets. Oh, if you feel depressed, just call there, speak there. And that's it. No one cares how you feel. No. You get asked, like, a few questions and then that's it. If you say yes, that's cool. There's no problem. I could be sitting there feeling suicidal and that person would never know. And this is where we, we have a broken system because how many mothers have harmed themselves because no one sees them? And we need people like you who see these mothers because we will be saving so many lives. And you can spot it a mile off. You can you actually can. see a mile off. Like I get mums, like when I was just dealing with the postnatal all, all the time, um, you know, I get mums coming on and they're just literally dead behind the eyes there is nothing it's like their soul has been removed and it's it's devastating um that they you know they have no sense of self or identity left like it is really soul destroying that uh, that an nhs nurse can't pick that up like and i'm i'm broadening the you know that's what i experienced most of them I, there were some lovely, lovely people, but most that I experienced were that they didn't, they were, it was the same. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, great. Tick off my list onto the next person. I'm too busy. There's too many cuts. And that's, a, that is a broken system that is not doing justice, not only for our, our mums, but also the children that we're then bringing up because the, the how we are has a huge knock-on effect to our children. And if we are not in the right 
headspace, then we aren't, we're not functioning properly to be able to deal with the eventualities of things cropping up in our lives and our children's lives. And the thing is, for the most part, it's not even like, you know, kids and babies aside, it's just for our own sake, because I feel like we are the priority. You know, we always, we, of course, we're going to say, oh, our kids are our priority, our kids are our world. But that wouldn't be without us. And if you're not, and you know, going back to what you ladies were saying like a minute ago was that, oh, you're not going to bed crying. It's like, well, you probably are sometimes, but it's just being able to handle the situation, realize your thoughts are not you. And that's just how to keep them at bay because we can all have a shit day. Like you've just said that you can spot it a mile away. If you look at me and Erica right now, you probably think, oh my God, but we're just traumatized from the day that we've had with our kids, which is, you know, this is the time for us to like, oh my God, wash the day away. But I think it's, it's that. And just, just in, as humans in general, I think that there's so much that we need to have ticked off on our to-do list and, and just live to the, I don't know, this perception that everyone thinks this life has to be this way. And, I don't know I think it's just really hard to keep on top of that on top of everything that we need to do and have to deal with the emotions our children are doing you know every single day that you have with your child you've never lived that day you don't know what that day is going to bring you you even if you've got more kids I I believe that you can't say I know what I'm doing you know because you can have 10 kids yeah you might know the signs of a sleep progression is coming, teething is coming, oh, the teenage years, but you've not lived that day with that individual person. And it's just being able to control our mindset to think, breathe, stop, Mm. let's refocus and regain ourselves because we're just going to go into a loop of losing ourselves. And it's very easy to lose ourselves in this day and age. Um, But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean- don't get me wrong I'm not Mary Poppins I'm no way practically perfect in every way I have my Mm -hmm. moments the difference with my moments now are that they don't last a year Mm -hmm. yeah and they don't last they don't even last two weeks you know it's right I'm having a moment where's that come from why am I feeling that what's going on with me and how am I going to deal with it and what am I going to do to move forward with it and you know, my life is very different. I used to just sit on Facebook constantly scrolling, looking at people and their lives or Instagram, you know, and feeling like I had lost mine. But now I'm going out and I'm just building my life because I there are things I want to happen in my life. So I make positive steps and and take action towards those. And when we become mums, we 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 lose our priority that we we are not a priority anymore and we put ourselves on the back burner that and we run on autopilot and we run on low fuel and you can't run a car on low fuel so why are you trying to run yourself on low fuel if you are not eating properly if you don't drink enough water if you are not meditating journaling and doing all the things that you need to do to make sure you're in a good place then you won't be in a good place for your children and that will have a knock-on effect to the how they're behaving and the day that they're going to throw up for you. You know, and Lacey is no angel. Like, she is, like I said, going on 15 from five, nearly. Um, 
but I'm so much more prepared for it that I'm present with her as well. It's presence. I'm present with myself when I need to be present with myself. I'm present with my family and my friends when I need to be present with them. And I'm present with my daughter and I have eye contact and we speak to each other. And it's a different environment to the one that I was starting to create and mold when I had that postnatal and that anxiety that was then breeding the disjoint. Absolutely. I once um, saw this um, meme, well, not meme, but this quote that said, you know, uh, broken parents need to need to stop raising broken children. And I, I mean, partially I agree because you, like you said, you can't, you know, a, a car can't go on without fuel. So you need to fit, like work on yourself before doing what you do. But like, you know, at times, sometimes you just have a kid, you didn't plan it, but it's there just because I'm broken, it doesn't mean I'm not going to be capable of doing this. And, you know, through the, through my brokenness, you are essentially teaching them that it's okay to feel emotions because you're more in tune with what you're feeling. When they catch you crying, instead of like shying away and saying, no, it's nothing, you can explain to them because children are so smart and they will grasp all of that and take it all in. Um, you know, you could teach them that saying sorry is part of everybody's journey and that it's, you know, it's good to, so it's good and it's bad, but it's such an essential thing to show people, especially like, say like for me and Jess, we have boys. So having boys, you know, that they're more closed in like, you know, boys don't cry and we live in a society that try to like teach our children that that's the right way so I for one feel like within the whole cycle I've been through I want to better raise my kids and make them understand that the things that I previously went through I don't want them to ever have to go through it but again I know that as a parent I can't take all the stones out of their way they're gonna have to be able to they're gonna have to fall and able to learn yeah and it's just about guiding and I think we've come from um I know you know, when I was younger, it was all about control. We've got to control our kids. They need to behave a certain way. They need to do this. They need to do that. And that control doesn't need to necessarily happen, but that's for ourselves. And we need to release some of that control that we feel that we have to have all the time and just be, like, just be in the moment. Just enjoy some of it. Instead of focusing on everything that's going wrong or everything that's bad or everything that you isn't quite right, just be. Just be and enjoy the moment, you know, laugh with your kids. You know, I, I never, when Lacey was really tiny, obviously they're babies, so it's always hard to laugh with them. But, you know, when she was little, I just, I couldn't find, like, I'd always been this really playful person. She just vanished. Absolutely. She just vanished into thin air. And it's taken me ages to get that. And like tonight, I've been sat on the floor with her. It's not my favourite game to play. Babies, imaginative play. I'm there rocking a baby, giving it some. And she's happy and Larry, as Larry. And she like cuddles me like, thank you, mommy, for playing. Because I've made the time for her. And there are times when, especially being a single mum, there are times when I'm like, baby, I've got to do this. And I've got to do that. You know, and these things need to happen in order for me to be able to come and sit and play with you. But it's about having conversations, open conversations with our children and treating because they are so clever. They are such clever little beings and they're there here to teach us. They're here to show us most definitely. They definitely teach us a lot. <laughs> they, they even raise questions about our own personalities and self. And I think that it's when you you know you said it as you mentioned it at the beginning as well that when you become a parent traumas that you've gone through as 
you know in your childhood come up that you even you never had any clue affected you or the way you are until you become a parent and everything goes tits up and and you're like oh it makes sense oh I didn't realize I was traumatized by so and so situation um and you know do you know what the best thing is about you know what you're doing as well is that speaking to different people is therapy for you and that's something that we have found by doing this podcast as well you know sometimes we're just having a shit day and we're like oh we've got to record but we don't we're excited for the recording or or we come out of the session thinking wow like just seeing things in a different way or kind of taking bits of every situation to say you know I feel a bit better it's like therapy for everyone like all the way around so it's amazing what you're doing I think if you just help one person if one person resonates with this it doesn't matter who else listens to it if one person goes actually do you know what I could set up my own business I could do that like that girl's done if I've done that for one person whether they come and buy from me or not is it I don't care I don't care I just want to talk to people I want to raise the awareness I want people to know that there are women out there that are willing to stand up and just go look you can get through this and out the other side like like you won't even recognize yourself after you've done it Um, and I don't I'm a, a far better person than I was when I first before I even had Lacey like a far far better person and I just I, I just hope that someone resonates with that and that's all I hope from it nothing else absolutely um just so we wrap up the episode we usually like to end it on a golden tip if you want had if you could give advice to women or whoever really I know you want to base it on women because that's who you're helping what would you say to them my first got well my a golden tip where to start would be with gratitude start getting grateful for what is good in your life you start shifting your energy and your focus onto that um, and leaving the phone so leave the phone at night put it down half an hour before you go to bed and write 10 things that you're grateful for that day or even three just three to start with I mean I do 10 now but three things that you're grateful for and whether that's a roof over your head your child's eating its dinner you've managed to go supermarket shopping you know without pulling your hair out whatever it may be just hone in on those small things and those small things become big things and do that every single day and you will start to feel the switch in your mindset because you go to sleep being grateful not on this is all the problems that are in my life right now and it will take time and practice but it's the best thing that you can ever do and it's preparing you to have a better day the next day it's just yeah. a, a cycle all the way around yeah. Emma thank you so much it was so lovely speaking to you where can our listeners find you and your services so I am at the underscore mum underscore underscore coach on Instagram I'm also on LinkedIn Facebook you can find me at Emma Davis on Facebook um yeah I'd love to come and I'd love to talk to people and just drop me a DM and uh, Live let's in her chat. DM. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will write all the information for everyone in our description of the episode. Um, and yeah, thank you so much, Emma. It was thank you, and thank you for what you're doing and keep it up. Mum's code out. Mwah.
Mama's Code. 